Uh, I want to burn some gas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? Bring your poncho with you? I did. I was wearing my poncho to the reptile store. That's how this whole thing started. Um, that entire sentence is yeah. hilarious. I figured, like, Wait, do you have some sort of creepy bug in this thing? Oh, right there's here? two live baby mice in there. You just left them in here? You didn't think they would escape or anything? No. Their, their fate is more or less sealed. And I Can went I to buy... Can I Yeah. See if they're still alive. I actually have a really funny thought about those Oh, mice. they're stapled. I get it. Yeah. So, um, that's why I went out tonight is because we haven't fed our snake in like two weeks. And I was like, our snake is going to die. You went to feed the snake and you ended up at yoga and now you're podcasting and your whole family's probably like, where the fuck is he? Yeah, but that's what makes it fun. Um, so here's my thought that I actually had during yoga, which is fun, is that if I get home and the snake is in fact dead, I'm going to raise the two mice and they're going to take over unless they're dead. They're gonna exercise their demons too. Yeah, but I thought that would be a really poignant lesson for the kids if, like, their beloved snake died, but then we raised these two because they're like little pinky mice, and we can call them both lucky, lucky, lucky one and lucky also. Or pinky in the brain. Mm. The luckiest. Wouldn't it be weird to have like beloved pets that only are your pets because your other pet died who was going to eat them? It would be a little weird and morbid. It kind of reminds me how Charlie used to tell everyone chicken died and we put it in the trash and, <laughs> and then I would be like god I really want everyone to know that there was like a good lesson somewhere in there like we had a chat I didn't just fucking take her chicken and put it in a trash can like kids gotta learn <laughs> this is farm life yeah but I think even you know in the topic we were just talking about the mice are like an even better example of this feeling that I have that you know some days you're the snake and some days you're the mice <laughs> And the world needs mice and snakes. And the only question is, are you a, a mouse person or a snake person? And do you really want to judge the other one? Mm, I think you're really going to have to expand on this. Give me who's a snake right now. Ooh, that's a good question. I had this and saying stuck a, in my head. like a lucky mouse? Yeah. You know the saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions? Uh-huh. Those are the mice. Okay. And then the backstabbing asshole selfish captains of industry are the Dem- snakes Dems the snakes I mean but the snake is just fucking waiting in his cage for someone to feed him it's not like yeah he's backstabbing but that's my point is that even the snakes are just trying to get by but they're but they have a snaky nature everyone is trapped in their own kind of like trap of some sort their trap of self or situation well, like the snake thinks he's like the king or whatever, but he's still in a glass cage waiting to be fed. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he's a superior predator, but he's he's like technically he's held captive still. It's almost like the entrepreneur who thinks that they have become <laughs> free by being the entrepreneur and they're in a whole new kind of captivity. Yeah. I think the snake is a good symbol for the entrepreneur because... You're always, like, shedding your skin in a painful, like, being reborn Mm -hmm. on a cycle. Mm -hmm. And, um... Swallowing hard lessons that stay in the length of your body for a length of time. Yeah, that claw their way down. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like I still have this bump in my body from the last lesson. <laughs> but I don't know. So we were talking a moment ago about um, like, can you choose to be happy or can you choose to breathe? Can you like make a habit out of being healthy? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, I know the answer is yes. But I also recognize that people are so much a product of what they're doing. And even the best people, you know, best quote unquote, can find themselves acting in ways that they wouldn't even think possible of themselves, just given the circumstances. Well, because you can flex any muscle and it'll get stronger, whether it's good or bad. So, meaning that even if you were a person who once had you know controlled their stress and tamed all of these things and used to like have their shit together you could be put in a circumstance where you're flexing this stress muscle more where then you know you and I think an entrepreneur in particular right you like you have a you're like oh, I can do this for a period of time and then I'll return to my good habits or my healthier <laughs> life or whatever but then you've like flexed the muscle of like I can run in this high octane way where I like drink a ton of coffee and I ans <laughs> answer thousands of emails yeah. before 10 a.m. and I you know and I handle all these employees and like I can do that but that's not actually sustainable though you flex the muscle and you think you're very strong at it I've been holding plank for eight years <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you're like, I'm tired. And something happens, something that triggers you that goes, I used to do this differently. But then similarly, like if you were learning tactics of like more relaxation or learning even just like mm -hmm. to breathe so that you lessen the gap between like when something happens and you react, which is like the biggest problem, right? Mm. I think. Yeah. So if you like, if we went back to what we were talking about with breathing, and you were back in the rhythm and you're connected to yourself and whatever else around you because you just took some deep breaths voluntarily, then you can also be good at that. It just takes practice. I th yeah, I think the, if I really reflect on it, the hardest part to overcome is like the own self-judgment. Mm-hmm. Like the, I like, should be doing blank? Yeah, like I used to do this so well and now I'm a hot mess mm -hmm. I used to be able to you know take it easy and play and breathe mm -hmm. and I still do but I'm not now mm -hmm. um, did I ever tell you the story when I went to um, Las Vegas and like lost my mind and I became mm -hmm. like a different creature mm -hmm. in like a matter of days that still stands out with me and it, it feeds in this conversation because at that point in time, even more so, like I was straight up like the garden hippie. I was doing yoga three days a week. I was climbing. I was making, you know, instruments in the garage and just thinking that I was the superior enlightened being. And then I went to uh, Las Vegas for a week and was locked in this like hotel compound off the strip where you like couldn't leave. And I was surrounded by all these politicians and business people and just, you know, a bunch of snakes. And after a couple days, like I became one of them and it totally messed with my head because I realized that in that environment, like the people were who they were and were acting the way they were because they were part of that whole cocktail and to be in it, like you had to act in accordance with it 
to be accepted by it. Mm -hmm. Like I went out there with just like my kind of, you know, these are my dress clothes, they're kind of a joke. And by the end, I was so concerned about how wrinkled my shirts were and my belt and like everyone else. Like you knew that you weren't gonna be taken seriously in a conversation because of how you were dressed and whatever mm -hmm. else. And so within a couple days, I found myself like acting the act and like, holy shit, I thought I was this enlightened being. I just happen to live in Fort Collins and you know, I'm making money a cool way that I don't have to, you know, go into a corporate office. Mm -hmm. And so is it really me that's so enlightened or am I just lucky mouse number one who, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I guess that is like this thumb that I suck a lot. I have to keep coming back to is like, there's really no way to win the game or to, you know, or you know realize your greatest self or be the great artist or whatever like even if you did that you'd still feel this base feeling of what that you're supposed to do what the people around you do kind of I don't know I think there's just like this this basic frustration of being alive at all holy shit that sentence yeah I mean, you do spend your whole life trying to be like, who am I? What's what do I value? How do I find other people that mm -hmm. I, that are going to resonate with what I believe or are going to support my beliefs? Or, I mean, in that case, you like stepped into another world. You had to like step into a, like, it's like you were with a different tribe, and you had to like learn their language and do their customs for a few days, and they like, like, yeah, influenced you. But yeah, I guess what it showed me though is that, okay, see that tree right there? Like it's this big organism and there's trillions of cells in there and each one is an individual, right? And the ones that are at the little, you know, armpits that, you know, hold up the tree, like they have to be stronger than the ones that are out in the boughs because there's more pressure there. And so they're more callous, they're more rigid, like they just have this kind of tension to them and then you go out in the, you know, limb and they're a different kind of cell. And so my, you know, I, my thinking is that the people that are on Wall Street or, you know, those people that I was rubbing elbows with in L.A., like, I don't know that they're necessarily, like, bad people or unenlightened or whatever. I think they might just have been, you know, placed at a kind of a, a weird joint in this whole organism. And if I were there, that's what I would be, too. And then they become a leader of sorts. They're very impressionistic, but you're like, is that kind of what you mean? I guess I kind of mean you could take any individual and judge them, or you can see that individual in the tapestry of humanity and understand how they fit. Mm -hmm. And that, again, that's kind of like this thumb that I suck because I find myself being, you know, I want to be out on that limb. Hell, I want to be a, a pretty leaf that's out there dancing. And then I find myself you know, holding up all this weight. It's like, damn, I should be breathing more. I should whatever. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'm just put in that place. So that's who and what I am. And it's part of a bigger thing. It's like the mouse and the snake, right? Like those two mice could become my new pets based on this crazy roll of the dice <laughs> of fate. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of uh, rambling here, but. I know. Do you think your snake's actually going to be dead when you go? There's the chance. There's always the chance. Every time I go to feed him, it's like I lift up his little thing like, are you dead? You're alive. <laughs> so that's like the snake being reborn every time, right? Mm -hmm. 
I I get your tree reference. I feel like I feel less attached to the snake and the mice. I'm trying <laughs> so fucking hard, though. Yeah, I just think it's funny because... I don't know, like, the relationships we have and who we are are so random. Well, so I'm thinking about how you're saying you went to L.A. and it, like, affected you in this way. And then it, you came back and your reflection was like, holy shit, like, I don't want to be that. But you, it could have gone the other way. You could have gone somewhere and been like, this, this is the life I want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, similar, well, I feel like this is similar in my mind. This happens to me. Sometimes when I leave, I'm, like, traveling I kind of like who I am away from home. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel more free or something to be myself. There's less, like, um, things holding me. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. no one has any expectation of me, and I could, you know, like, I could just be whatever every day. And then when I come home, I feel sort of impressed upon by, like, my environment. I'll be like, oh, well, in Fort Collins, it's weird to do that. Hmm. Or to behave this way, or to wear that outfit, or, like... What if I see so-and-so? Yeah. And so, I think that's similar, because you're, like, being influenced. I feel like we need a word here, but it feels almost like you're being, like, suffocated by Mm. your environment. Which is a funny word to use when we're talking (laughs) about breathing a lot. Yeah. Well, it was like the column of the atmosphere we're talking about. How we're all under a mile of pressure all the time. And in the place where you normally live, like, it's already kind of molded for you. Mm. Like, everything, you've already kind of made a shape through that space, so you just kind of follow those ruts. I mean, that's another thing that I come back to a lot. Like, I I don't know how much of who we are is what we choose to do, and how much of it is just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I might carry in my head this notion that I'm, like, an enlightened yogi philosopher who X, Y, and Z, but in fact, I'm when I'm being stressed out, cranky dad, or, you know, whatever, like, that is the true thing that I am, because it's what I'm being, and so if you do that long enough, it's like the muscle flexing that you're talking about, like, you can, even if you're carrying with you this image in your head of you previously, if those are the muscles you're flexing every day, if that's actually what you're being, it's that's, well, that's, like, that's kind of what you are, mm-hmm. and then you have this crisis of, like, your image of yourself confronting the actual acting of yourself. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I feel like I can even use my my old relationship as an example, right? Like, I somehow, like, like a deep knowing that I can't explain know who I am at my core. And given the circumstances and the people around me, I got pulled so far away from that. Mm. And it's only been in my solitude that I've been able to come back closer to that. It almost feels like wearing, like, something doesn't fit well Hmm. for a long time. And then finally being like, holy fuck, this doesn't fit. And take it (laughs) off and then be like, okay. I can, like, move my arms and I can breathe again and I, like, feel like I knock back to center. So I wonder if even, like, the constraints and pressures of your job and, like, being a dad and all those things start to do that to you like you know who you are at your center but they like bump you so far so far Mm -hmm. and you do the thing where you're like I can maintain I can maintain I can maintain but you get to the point where like the pressure's too great and then other things start to like go like happen like some people supplement that feeling of like 
they can't bump back to who they are with like drinking or mm-hmm. something you know or like alcohol or like drugs or something or like you know the you know you have the friend that like goes full on like rager one night and you're like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> it's like they're trying to shake off something huh. that is like not does that make sense yeah totally absolutely and I think that's probably what a lot of people do right I mean mm-hmm. that's well and I've been thinking about this a lot because I'm alone right and I've like come sort of back to the center and when you ask me if I'm like earlier you asked me as a yogi if I think I can practice this more often hmm. truth be told I'm not sure it's because I'm a yogi I feel like it's because my life has this simplicity to right now to it like when I go home I'm just gonna go home and be Libby in my house by myself and if I want to sit on my couch and breathe, I can do that. If I want to sit on my couch and get super fucking high, I can. If I want to stay up all night and work on a project, I can. If I want to go to bed the second I leave you, I can. If I want to eat, I can. If I don't, whatever. So it's like, I can just be like really tuned into Libby and like, what do I need and what do I want to do? But I don't, so I don't have any of these like things that pull me or pressures. When you walk in your door, Kayla might be like, ah, the kids, and I can't get Hattie to lay down, or Hadley could be yelling, (laughs) and your snake might be dead, and, like, the kitchen might be dirty, and you might have, like, certain, like, couple negotiations that have to happen. Well, I put the kids to bed, you have to do the dishes, and then, like, everything that you as a person at your core thought was going to happen is immediately derailed because Mm -hmm. of your environment. That's such a good point, because the... And and it's it's so, um, so relevant to the conversation, because the kind of heyday that I'm always looking back on fondly was this stretch of time where I literally, I had no kids, Kayla was working, I worked at home, I had this huge garden, I just would, you know, wake up every morning at whatever the hell time I wanted to, I'd go out and play the flute and record podcasts (laughs) and read Buddhist literature and like, I'm an awakened being. And then, you know, given enough time, all of the best things in my life are also the most burdensome in a way. And there's this crisis of identity in that I think that I'm this, you know, straight, you know, being that I am when I'm by myself or when I'm up at the cabin or doing some of these other things. But then the rest of the day, I'm like, holy shit, I'm the, I'm the cranky dad who, you know, goes to work, drinks too much coffee, is getting, you know, bombarded by all directions, is firefighting. I went and got a haircut from a woman who's cut my hair for like 15 years and, this was like a couple months ago and I was so stressed out that day I thought I was gonna black out and I had to just sit there while she cut my hair with my eyes closed breathing I scared the shit out of her you know what I mean yeah and like that's so far from center but it's so a product of just like where I am and what I'm doing and I don't know how to stop doing that or if I should because it's also the support of my kids and it's the support of my you know fucked up entrepreneurial identity well, I think some of your unhappiness is coming from just comparison. I never said I was unhappy. <laughs> okay, legit, but I feel like yeah. blacking out during your haircut is like borderline not best practice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did read that on an OSHA sign for... Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I mean is like, comparison is like it can be the best thing because you can learn from it but like if you're looking at your old life and then your new life and like deciding which one you'd prefer or something or like longing for the other when you have the current one of course that's going to provide some sort of like unhappiness I would call it chronic frustration no 
Have you uh, heard the um, meditation? It's like this. It's like this mm-hmm. now. No. This is the only thing that has gotten me through my, like That's my recent one. like breakup and everything. I put it as an alarm in my phone every morning at eight a.m. when I'm drinking coffee on the couch. My phone will buzz and go. It's like this now. That's and funny. so my goal is to drop everything and be like, oh, it's like this now. Totally. And it works that way on your yoga mat because you'll be like in a pose and you're like, this fucking shit is hard and it sucks. And I, and then you switch poses and you're like, oh, it's, it's like, like this, this now. That is the perfect shield against the craziness that is an ever-changing world. It's just That's, bringing you to a present moment. Yeah. Without um, comparison. That was always my mantra that I still like, which is, you know, it's cliche enough, but be here now mm-hmm. is a lot like that. And I've made stickers with it in a cool design that kind of has that same effect. But I like, I like, it's like this now because it's almost got that comedy in it. Yeah. It, it, I can hear... Like, a couple people that I know, like, their voice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like this now. Yeah, or sometimes mm-hmm. something shitty will happen to me, and I'll be like, okay. Right now, it's like this. Yeah. Now it's like this. And, I mean, that hits on a good note, because part of, again, just this frustration is, I want to, and I do, create things and put them in the world that aren't just, you know, my business or my family, like... There's this impulse to share and create and think about things. A, because I just love doing it. And B, because there's been enough signs that other people like it too that I just want to continue to do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's frustrating that whenever I start the process, I'm always coming from, at least recently, this place of digging myself out of a hole with a shovel. As opposed to what I really want to be excited to talk about because I've had those experiences too, are the more... um, you know, like a when you're traveling or when you're having uh, a mushroom day or when you're like really in deep and you see how everything that you've ever done was completely required to bring you to that present moment. And like it, you know, that's the thing that I'm always trying to just kind of elevate these little steps to get to because that's what I think is the most interesting thing to talk about Mm -hmm. because it is the culmination of all that frustration being required to have any one of those experiences that are really good Mm -hmm. and I used to start from that top and just like la-di-da talk about it and now I feel like there's this kind of yeah clawing up and into it shed all your like daily stressors and things that are like suffocating you in order to find the thing you yeah or or i have to almost like self-therapy to the point that i can get back there and then sometimes there's like an interesting you know ground to traverse to get there because my perception is a lot of people are actually starting from you know somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and the message at the top is that it's all the middle, it's all good, it's all great. Like, there's nothing different you could do. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I am. I, here's one thing, though. Most people I know that know you would say that your level of thinking and your ability to connect to, like, whatever these, like, higher thoughts are, sort of, or these other thoughts are, like, they don't get it. They can't get there, right? So, like, maybe it feels like this thing is a burden but 
maybe you're just the closest you've ever been to like being a normal person <laughs> like connected to normal things mm -hmm. and like there could almost be like a gift within this where you can help other people figure out how to have the thoughts like the get there you know what I mean because I don't I don't think most people can have like this is kind of what I was saying about mm -hmm. yoga at the very very beginning right when they get in the room sometimes I'm like I'll be, I, I'll be like, here's what I want for you, mm -hmm. but I can't force it on you. And you might walk in and have like all this chaos surrounding you. And like, all I can hope for is like your time in the yoga room might be like you kind of shedding some layers of mm -hmm. that. And when you leave the yoga room, maybe, and it could be anything else, right? You could dance or you could like go run or like write or the things that like help you shed some of the layers of things that are making it so you feeling suffocated from your creativity mm -hmm. or from that core self or like whatever it is. And I guess that's what I meant about like when I actually pause and breathe, move my body on my yoga mat, sometimes I'm like, oh, there I am. Mm -hmm. Where the fuck have I been for <laughs> the last week or something? And I think you... It's like now you know the difference, like when you're there and you're connected and when you're like stressed at, stressed yeah. entrepreneur guy. And then you're like, I can't get it. I can't reach it. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. And that's why I was so excited to come to your class tonight because that is like with without fail a way to, yeah, shed all of those layers. And even if it only lasts for an hour be something completely different mm -hmm. and really more more often than not or at least with this kind of punctuation I am really happy to get to those places and I, th I think I talked to you about this like this is another one of my kind of um, you know sucking of the thumb keep it all together is this idea of punctuation and the recognition that it doesn't matter who you are, you can't be be there all the time. You know, you can't be on, you can't be dancing all the time. You can't be in the yoga mm -hmm. studio all the time. You can't be on a great drug trip all the time. Like, you always have to come back. And being able to get there in some little bit is like this punctuation mark in this huge run-on sentence. And you might run on and run on for years. But, like, if you have that one punctuation mark, like, in, in that moment, you know that everything is okay because you got there. You had this little island, this little moment. And then you can start the next big run-on sentence. I feel like that's a good mentality, for me at least, that... And we're really fortunate. You know, we get to go up to the cabin ever so often. And we get to, you know, I was playing roller hockey with Hux all day Sunday and just, like, a completely different thing. And so those being these little like punctuation marks in this giant run on sentence, which, you know, the content of that sentence is not something I necessarily like sometimes, but at least there's a break. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of what I have always believed and have talked about having truly gotten like deep down the rabbit hole and finding, you know, these things that I was really searching for and recognizing in those moments that like there is no answer there is no grasping of it or knowing everything and you do always have to come back and that there's no you know method of breathing or prescribed religion mm -hmm. or like way that you can live that's going to make you feel that all the time 
But I think you just have to be a person that chooses to like look for it regularly. You know? Yeah. There, I guess there is some intention there. Well, because I, I feel like maybe you just don't surround yourself with very many of these people. There's a bunch of people who don't know, wouldn't know what the fuck we're talking about at all right now. That's true, but there's a lot of people who, who, who I think have had those glimpses or had those moments or are feeling stressed and frustrated and not really sure why. And there's a whole world of people telling them that they're doing it wrong. Right. Which is worse. Yes. Yeah. This is, I think about this with therapy sometimes, you know, cause I, mm-hmm. I go once a month right now and, um, sometimes it's like the, the things she presents to me are clear to me and I can hold them in my hands when I'm in her office and then I leave and I feel like I'm like grasping at something slippery <laughs> like I can't keep it mm. so I've made a habit of like I get out of there and I like write notes in my phone and then my like mantra for it is like how do I put therapy into action like because therapy or any of these things we're talking about right within bubble wrap in the right environment easy to practice mm-hmm. but how do I like put therapy in action and like practice it all the time and it's super hard and even any reminders you set for yourself like I have the it's like this now in my phone but that's been going off in my phone for more than a year it still affects me when it pops up but not like it used to you know totally it's it's time to switch that like trigger that like reminder to drop me back into like totally yeah and I guess that you know this is the type of thing that I really enjoy talking about because I think it is like the deepest truth is that there is no, there's no way to win the game. Like we're all winning all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the frustration. And that's part of what I get upset about, uh, upset at myself about is like, I know better than to be so twisted off about this one situation or how stressed I, f- how stressed I feel knowing mm-hmm. that there is, there really is no silver bullet or secret thing or mantra that's going to work every day for the rest of your life. Like it's this constant recalibration. Yeah. And it's, and it's a huge product of our situation and our surroundings. And Mm -hmm. it comes down more to like self forgiveness and self witnessing than it does like uh, self improvement or, um, you know, just constructing a new better identity it's more like adaptability to the new environment or the new circumstances and then still being able to find like joy. One thing that shocks me too is like most people who are asked like what would make them happy or they're like what do, what do you want the most or like to be mm-hmm. happy and then they can't define happy. Mm-hmm. So when you like backtrack and you're like what is happiness sometimes oftentimes it's what you have you just have to reframe it because you're comparing it to something old or something Mm -hmm. that someone else has or whatever and you've like didn't even realize that you were like I wanted these things and I have them yeah and happiness is like it's interesting because happiness is a is a is an emotion right Mm -hmm. it's not a definition and you can't 
have that emotion all the time, that'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your face like... would be permanently stuck. Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Well, and without any kind of contrast, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even know what happiness is. You have to experience periods of like dipping low mm-hmm. or like below what happiness might be to then be like, oh. To I'm... even recognize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people would say, I want to be happy. And to do that, I want you know, more money and stability and a nicer house. And, but those are like a set of criteria. It's not the actual emotion because uh-huh. when you get that bigger house, now you've got more insurance to pay and other things to piss you off. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, even like the grumpy dad thing, it's like, if you reframe that, you were like, well, I wanted a family. I want to come home and have my house uh-huh. filled with like children being kind of crazy and like even like the time I spend over there where it's like crazy I can reference in my mind what it was like when the girls were with us and I would I would have been like oh my god this is annoying you want to do this activity then switch to this activity Mm -hmm. switch to this activity and this and I'm like trying to work on my own project and you're distracting me and now you're hungry what the fuck (laughs) you know but then I'm in your presence and I'm like god look at this lovely life they've built for themselves and how creative their children are and participating and interested and like how you guys operate as a family and like I can look at that and be like wow like I I would define that as a a form of Mm -hmm. success but when you're in the throes of it, you're like, this feels not good. <laughs> yeah. And that's always changing too. Mm-hmm. Like that's also kind of a punctuation because we, Kayla and I talk about this all the time. Like, cause we also see those glimpses of just like, oh my gosh, like look at these beautiful, bright, wonderful children mm-hmm. that we get to hang out with, but they only stay that age for like this little window of time. And then they're something completely new and different. So I guess again like this punctuation like if you can recognize and it doesn't even have to be like a intelligence like you know i identify this as being good or bad but like if you have those moments of happiness it's it has to be good enough because you can't take that moment and stretch it out forever uh-huh. i think about i think you've seen this movie v for vendetta Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a moment that I love where there's the girl who's like writing her story in the German hospital or whatever. Um, I guess it's not German, but she's like a patient that they're you know doing horrible experiments to, and she's writing her story. And it's like I am at the end of my life. I'm dying. They've been torturing me, but I had two years of my life with this beautiful woman that I loved, and every day she would you know give me roses. And she's like, I'm suffering through all of this, just absolute hell, but I know I had roses. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think I do like, remember this, like the prisoners and the... Yeah. And I think that is such the right mentality, because if you've had even one of those moments in your entire life, like you've had roses, you won the game, it doesn't matter what else happens. Mm-hmm. It's not about getting to keep your rose, it's about... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, well, I'm thinking about like, Brene Brown has a thing about like, lighting your path through your values. And I've thought about this a lot because, well, you can use this if you're like running a business, but you should do it with your own life. And no one spends time doing this. Like people do say that like religion is, you know, 
not good for whatever reasons, but I like that it makes you ask certain questions. Unfortunately, like with some religion, they're like, here are the pillars mm -hmm. of values that you should live by. But if you paused and like wrote your own hmm. like commandments, right? That, and you were like, well, like I know that like connection is extremely important to me, like friendship and family and that kind of connection, like sitting with you over like going home and getting chores done mm. or even eating. I'm like, no, this, <laughs> like when I ask myself, like what decision should I make right now? I'm like, well, this is, this is a value to me for this reason. Like it's one of my pillars, you know? And if every decision I kind of make that way, cause you can do that in your business, right? Where you're like, well, does this align with mm. the values of the business? Yes or no. And then you do it or you don't. Um, like, I feel like that is kind of aligns with that too. Like, hmm. Yeah, a guiding principle. Yeah. That doesn't tell you what to do or how to do it, but it is like a guardrail mm -hmm. for your behavior. Or, you know, then you're like, well, I followed my values to this thing and I got roses and that was, and it's like, it all <laughs> proves to be, you know. Hmm, um, yeah. Or like I know that this will fill me up in a certain way, so that feels successful. And like one thing I really need to practice is on the moments where I like can already play it out, and I know it's not in my value system, or I know <laughs> it's not for me. And then at the end of the day, I'm like exhausted and heavy hmm. and empty and tired. And it, you know, whereas like we could do this till midnight, and I would feel energized, probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's different. And I know you don't get to always pick those that the way you want mm -hmm. to like even like you're talking about with business right and it becomes more special when it is rare right That's it's true like too. going out with your friends every night versus mm -hmm. having to kind of really miss them mm -hmm. but that's the thing that's always funny to me is like i get really bunched up and like today i was it wasn't because of anything like I was dwelling on. It was just like there's just so much pressure that I just felt like crushed by it. And then sitting here in a cold car after yoga talking, like I just feel completely renewed and like back on top and it's great. But I also know that tomorrow is going to be diving back in. And so it's just like getting in that pace of coming up for air and going back under. And sometimes there's some sharks down there and... I've lost a few limbs, but I will come back up and then mm -hmm. go back down. And that has to be enough because, I don't know, there's... I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, you were just talking about how you were in a relationship for a long time. And, you know, kind of recognized this extreme pull away from your center and extrapolated that out long enough to see that, you know, there was a certain point where, you, you know, you would not be you or be a you that you wanted to be and so you were strong enough to make a really difficult choice that ended up I think you know making more roses for you and for other people as well and it's a really hard thing to know between am I just kind of coming up for, for air and this is a healthy pattern or am I putting my time and energy into something that eventually could you know tip out of balance and I guess we just I don't know. I'm answering the question for myself, but I've well, always known that when it got to the point to stop, I feel like I will know when that is and it just hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, my relationship and your job, they're not actually not that dissimilar. It's something that just pulls you out of center. And I think you, you are out of center. 
Hmm. Like, it's pulling you in a way that I'm not sure you want to be pulled. But I don't think, I think it remains to be seen whether it's time for you to, like, you know, shift it or not (laughs) do it anymore. Like, oh, it's like this now. I mean, we were a, a couple months ago looking at selling the company for $15 million. And now we're looking at like our existing investors, like taking over the whole thing and like, you know, losing a bunch of our equity. And I mean, just like these huge radical, like perception, you know, you have this one like reality that you're kind of warming yourself up to, and then it's just shattered and it's replaced by this new one. And then, yeah, so I don't know. But I think part of being alive, like you said earlier, is learning how to swim and being adaptable. Because I don't know what the alternative is. Like if that was the thing, the muscle you could flex, like the adaptability piece where you could remain calm and adapt, but when the ground is shifting so many times underneath what you're trying to do, like, I don't, I don't know then. There has to be something grounding, like the team or yeah. you at your center, or and I feel like the problem is like there's nothing that you can like really anchor to. Mm-hmm. Except kind of our own weird selves and our ability to take a shit sandwich and mm-hmm. <laughs> turn it into something <laughs> else. And also, you're so in your head all day. Like, you have to be up there, and it's, like, exhausting. So I'm sure you crave the yoga because it pulls you back down. And then for a moment, you can, like, hear your intuition and, like, the other parts of you that, like, kind of need a voice. And that's why you start to ask yourself these huge questions at night, right? Like, when you've dropped back down, I think. Yeah. I think I think everybody is doing the right thing. <laughs> Cuz I I then you get super pissed because then it's a cliche thing where it's like, well, you're in the right place at the right time. You're yeah. doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing and then How else could it be though? I mean, that's the thing that It just makes me laugh cuz I try to argue those fucking things sometimes and then you always circle back to like, well, I guess I'm right where I need to be. But what's the alternative is to say I'm not and I have to find a different place? I mean, even if you're not in the right place, you had to get to the right place to know that you needed to shift to totally. something else. And then there was a lesson there to be had, and then you had to have Completely. that lesson. And yeah. Any philosophy will eventually run aground because it mm-hmm. can never explain itself. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that irritates you because I, I, it's a, it's a defense mechanism, but it's an effective one. Well, I think what irritates me is, like, I'm gonna say something so fucked up. Say it. But you're just, like, you run into some, like, fucking asshole who is so shallow and isn't thinking deep and is just, like, falling into, like, all the... And that's, like, and then they'll just throw out some advice like that when you're, like, what do you even fucking know about... (laughs) Like, and, okay, you don't know if they're deep or what they're going through or blah, blah, blah. But you just, I feel like it's always like the most 
like lukewarm shallow unexperienced human that'll just out of nowhere be like well i guess you're in the right place at the right time and you're like yeah but my question is do you value depth because you're deep and isn't most of the world kind of a shallow place yeah i don't know about that i've been actually wondering about this in dating too because like i would want to have like a big deep conversation like this um and i'm discovering that like I'm having a lot of thoughts that a lot of other humans aren't having, maybe. Mm. Or, like, I'll, like, try to bounce something off someone, and, and they're... Somebody recently said to me, like, I just don't really even think about things like that. Hmm. What do you think about? Well, I don't think <laughs> they do. No. And I think they numb out yeah. all the time. Like, this person I'm thinking of smokes so much weed, but, like, not in a, like, tune-in way. Yeah. In a numb way. That's... That describes my... Um, kind of appraisal of... That tapestry of... Mm -hmm. The humans I know. And that's why I value the, the ones that I love so much. Because mm -hmm. it's a rare thing to have a friend who can... Go on those... <laughs> uh, thought adventures. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I kind of am like, is everything simpler for this these other... But I would... I mean, I feel this way about emotions, too. Like, I'm like a crier, right? And I'm always like, well, I'd rather feel all the feelings. I'd rather feel more rather than... You know? But... Like, I kind of feel like some people's experience is right here. Like, the scale is only this big. Mm. And they just bounce right here. And they're like, this is happy and this is sad. And then there's some people where, like, something bigger happens and then their scale broadens. It's, like, more expansive. And then it's, like, it's almost like a spectrum of color. Like, mm. they see more vibrancy. But there's also bigger throws between. Yeah. And then it's almost... And, and you could think of it even in, like, a, if you experience a huge tragedy, right? This broadens the, the parameters of this, mm. like, ability to feel, see, or experience things. And it expands. But then once you're out here and you've expanded into this, like, it's really hard to deal with these people. Hmm. Yeah. Only, not because you don't love them or there's not a value and they're not going to randomly tell you, like, oh, it seems like you're in the right place at the right time <laughs> or whatever. But because once in a while you'll be like, I'm out here, motherfucker. <laughs> and then you kind of get, you end up in, the, you feel kind of isolated. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's more of these people, the little short bouncing in the scale, versus the like. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I mean, I, don't I think know it. Either. I think it must be because, again, like, I don't know. I've got this weird thing, and the tree is my analogy. But you take this little parking lot, you zoom out, and you look down at Fort Collins, and everything in between, and it's all the same structures that you see in a tree. Or a river like these like braided streams that all connect and these like mm -hmm. big pockets of you know just suburban suburban sp sprawl it looks like the back of a leaf and if all of those little agents were as deep thinking and wildly flowing like it would kind of be chaos you'd have all of these independent acting people and it's like humans kind of need this big homogenous um, at least in our current arrangement 
And I, I mean, that's what school is designed to create. That's what a lot of the working kind of, it's all kind of designed to have that type of person manning the helm. And I, and I maintain that that's a beautiful thing too, because that's just like how the world has mm. populated and I mean, it's peopled. even like a beehive, like, right? Each mm -hmm. of the bees have different jobs. Some of their jobs and lives are very simplistic. Some of mm -hmm. them have bigger, larger tasks. Some of them are leaders, I guess. And none of them are really choosing it. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Hux is a very smart, emotional, just intelligent person. I also know he's going to have a rough time mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier to just be dumb and simple. And That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if you have this tiny scale, mm -hmm. I almost think the simplicity of your life, like, like this person I was talking about dating, I kind of feel like he's in here. And by meeting me, like, I feel like I have fucked his head up a little <laughs> bit already because I'm like, but I'm over here and like, I want to talk about this and, Check it out. and he'll be so over cool. here going like, uh, <laughs> What are you talking about? Hmm. And then I feel like if they have the capacity for it, right, they could like maybe choose to like reach, to stretch. Like sometimes I feel like yoga does that, right? Like you could like, hmm. you can just like do yoga it's and like, it can be just asana. You're just doing a physical thing. Huh. Or you can choose to like kind of stretch and start to be like, oh, um, if I think about my deeper body system and my breath and like how this affects my nervous system and blah, 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 that's a layer. And then if I stretch and I think about how this connects me to the universe vibrationally or blah, 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 or if you believe those things or, you know, there's like all these choices. Well, I think of that woman just as we were leaving who was like, I really have been liking yoga because I feel like I'm getting better each time. And I mean, it, you know, just by looking at her, I could tell that this is kind of something new to her. And like, she's at a place where she's probably only been in her body, like vibrating in that really narrow spectrum. And now like even a little toe outside of that is like, whoa, this is there compared to someone who, you know, has been in that space and is flexible. Like all of those little things are like nothing, mm -hmm. right? Like you need so much more flex to feel that same feeling that you can get being this this small bandwidth so it's actually kind of interesting with that individual you're talking about who you're kind of stretching like if you found someone who's already stretched like you a wouldn't have as much to really give them something new mm. and b you'd have to deal with their stretch marks all the, all, the, <laughs> all the stuff that they've already dealt with and baggage they're carrying around i mean that is kind of true i think though like okay that's a super good call and i'm down i'm to not help advocating stretch. one way or another but right it's I, know, just I'm, I guess i'm thinking about this because mm -hmm. i'm down to help stretch someone i'm all about that i just would i guess i feel a little jealous because i want someone to stretch me a little totally like i i'm hungry for yeah um and you're not going to get that with this narrow bandwidth like you have to take these baby steps mm -hmm. so it's like I feel like it sounds so cocky that I'm like, can you catch up to me? Like, <laughs> I wanted to have, like, I want you to challenge me on this level of conversation where I am right now. Like, mm -hmm. what I was saying about you where I'll be like, oh, I think I have this down, and I start to talk to you, and then you scramble me a little. When we were leaving the yoga studio, I said that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in some cases when someone challenges you like that you can like you could become like a little bit ego or like how oh, fuck like you pretend you know or you can like sit back and be like hold on this is like an opportunity to stretch or like to see a different perspective or you know and that is like what I'm hungry mm -hmm. for I feel like is that moment where you could be like I don't have it all figured out that's really interesting that's why I want to start the mushroom collective because it doesn't matter how limber you are those experiences stretch you Mm -hmm. and um, it's just a cool thing it doesn't even matter what you're if you're a little bandwidth or a big bandwidth like mm -hmm. it's gonna stretch you in just a little bit farther than where you're at has McCabe talked to you about that show Goop oh no I told you about our video. oh but Gloop oh yeah how did that go uh, they shot it down it's, oh, a, they it's did. a longer story well, goop, yeah. It's... Goop, real quick. The first episode is about mushrooms. And I think the actual format of the show is really, like, it challenges me because it's, like, cheesy, kind of. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's trying to be some sort of, like, you know when a documentary is heavy on the emotion and, like, the weird... I don't know, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. But, basically, the reason I'm bringing it up is, like, they facilitate opportunities for people to do mushrooms, like, in a safe environment, and then mm -hmm. they have, like, facilitators there, like, including, like, a therapist mm -hmm. to, like, talk people through whatever it is there. They also make people kind of set an intention before they do the uh, mushrooms, like, hey, this is kind of, like, what I want to clear emotionally or what I want to, like, tackle or think about, um... And then they have them, like, in an environment where they're just, like, laying with a blanket on the floor. And I was like, I love so much more to, like, wander, <laughs> you know, like, go mm -hmm. be in nature or something. But, obviously, I mean, that's pretty palatable for your, like, regular population, probably. Mm -hmm. Even to just feel like what, a like, being in a blanket does to you, right? Like, you're held and coddled and, like, safe in the environment. Um, but I just think it's kind of fascinating, like think a lot of people are like really craving an opportunity to like I mean I know that mushrooms do more than what I'm about to say but it's like a more concentrated version of like what you're seeking when you like do something like step onto a yoga mat where you're like trying to like shed some layers and like have an experience and draw in and like tap to a center and, like, even to speak to what you were saying, right, like, you could be so far off center or have so much shit going on that, like, it doesn't matter how much fucking yoga you do or how much breathing you do, you might not be able to, like, get in there. But, like, if you had an experience like that, maybe you could. And, it, and it's not even really your practice or skill. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, taking that step of ingesting something. Yeah. And then kind of just trusting... Which is a big step for people, mm -hmm. and I've I've done mushrooms for the first time, like the person's first time for like half a dozen people, and maybe it's because I'm suggesting it to them, and people are highly suggestible in these situations, but it's like the actual act of taking something that you have no idea what it's going to do to you, and your imagination of what it might do is huge, but you say like, okay and you surrender, and you just, like, do that first act, like, that's one of the most symbolic and biggest things about that experience, that even in doing that one thing, like, you've, 
you have done something kind of heroic. Like you've already shifted in a way as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I, I keep needing I keep needing these reminders. Like that's where my personal gravity just like has this huge pull, and I keep thinking like, how can I progressively free myself from the bonds of what I feel I have to be doing to get into that space a little bit more? Even though I have no idea what's actually there, I can just tell that that's a place where a lot of what I think about and and talk about and want to be experiencing is like close at hand and in a format where it can be shared and talked about mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah and it's it, it is interesting I've um, I've been reading Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind mm. which is pretty cool I mean it's definitely kind of a pop culture you know uh, high level flyover of the whole thing but I learned a ton about like how much research was going on in the 40s 50s and 60s with psychedelics like a huge amount Mm -hmm. of therapy and like you know curing alcoholism and uh you know different you know religious uses and just like this huge cultural thing that was just completely buried and now it's like starting to sprout back up with this new kind of generation that i think learned a lot of lessons from that first attempt but the like the format for psychedelic therapy and those people that you know lay down and they just have their eyes covered and like it's all inward and they're listening to new agey music like it's one flavor I also prefer the you know be outside and actually see all of life and it's glowing beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> craziness but the, that... I just think that's layered therapy though then right like you mm-hmm. do the mushrooms you've like you said like you've said you'll do this you've trusted you've like given up control sort of you're in nature which is always therapeutic and then I think walking is so therapeutic mm-hmm. like even like um, EMDR therapy where it goes right and left like they could swing a pendulum pendulum in front of your face to connect your right and left brain mm. but you can also do that doing yoga or walking <laughs> or walking I don't know if it's ep- as epic like certainly like I'm not a professional of any sort but if you're walking and talking, you're right, left, right, left. Like, you're not not doing mm-hmm. that. And I know that the, I have read something that, like, yoga can be good for trauma therapy because of that reason. Because mm-hmm. you're stimulating both sides of your body. Yeah, so much cool stuff to talk about. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. In that book, I also learned that there's a system in your brain which is really uniquely human it's called the default mode network and it develops when you're around you know five five six seven like you know when you're a kid is when this network first starts developing Hmm. and it's the one that kind of imprints upon all of the different sensory and different parts of your brain that process different emotions and thoughts uh, that kind of ties it all together but also puts these huge constraints on it And what it's doing is it's actually trying to make your brain work more efficiently by taking previous experiences and cross-referencing them. So every time you see a stone building, you don't have to like, you know, see every little detail to know what it is. Like your brain is bringing back all of these past experiences to kind of color it in. But as a result, like you get this like real concrete 
set of thoughts and patterns and routines that are really what we identify as an ego and what we identify as ourself. But it's this one kind of, I mean, it's almost like this weird, like four-legged creature that's just like sitting over the top of your brain and just like, you know, kind of keeping all the parts of your brain separate. Like, I got this, I'll, I'll relay the message, but like losing that. And when you, when you take a psychedelic or you meditate or you're walking and you actually get those different parts of the brain talking in ways that they don't usually, that default mode network actually like turns off. And now you have all of these connections happening that are usually kind of mediated huh. and it um, and that's kind of like that loss of the sense of self and it's interesting to see like Huxley kind of becoming one of us and like yeah. he's now like up at night worried about this that or the other and he's afraid of dying and he has all this like identity that wasn't there even like two years ago when like Hadley she's just a washed and experienced and everything yeah. is new and she has emotions and they're big and then she has excitement and it's uh-huh. and then you know we get this like real rigid kind of structure that forms and I have to remind myself when I'm feeling that much like ego, like just, <laughs> I want to say clatia, like the, the, you know, the, the residue that holds us down. Like it's just a part of my brain that is like in overdrive, uh -huh. doing more than it really needs to. Uh -huh. But under that is like the whole rest of me and my brain and my body and everything else. There are, that so this, tell me if this doesn't correlate, but there are so many ways in which the body systems create efficiencies. So it can happen with muscles. Like sometimes mm. your leg will function in a certain way. It, your body decides it's most efficient to use these muscles on the outside. And then it forgets to, or the movements mm. of muscles on the inside, like you don't really need them. So your body just keeps calling on the outside ones. And then your leg will start to turn in a way. And you have to learn how to bring the muscles that were like, out of commission, totally fatigued, in retirement, back into play. And so I feel like the brain huh. almost does the same thing, right? Like it's like it thinks it's creating these efficiencies, but in that way everything becomes like stagnant and stale. Totally. And you need something to like refresh the parts of your brain you were no longer using anymore or the muscles that weren't. It's interesting because the body huh. is so fantastic in that way and it's in, in its in efficiencies but then I think it makes us kind of boring yeah like we lose so much we become fatigued like some really colorful interesting parts of us are like not even being used totally and it's like the part of us that is self-reflective that makes us kind of crazy because mm -hmm. it's funny that we started off talking about like exercising and like flexing those muscles if you're flexing the you know, stressed business person muscle all the time, like you're really efficient at that mode of operation mm -hmm. at the expense of play yeah, and play and, and creativity. And but we have in us this ability to recognize that and maybe flex some of the other muscles. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a cool metaphor. I, it's cool when you can take something that feels very personal and like, oh, this is me and I'm, am I doing it right or not? And realizing like it's just exercise. And it's just like, I need to stretch in that way. And the more I do that, the more that is available. Because then it's less like a failure and more like an opportunity. Mm -hmm. hmm. Or with like, with a shift, you just could do it different. It's like driving a different way home. Yeah. <laughs> and then you might see different things 
Because otherwise, if you take the same route home every night, it's autopilot. You, like, don't even realize you're working the car. Yeah. And, I mean, I always come back to this, this silly game, but thank goodness there's people that have different muscles. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, I... Even in all my stressed outness, like, I have... I think some really specialized, finely tuned skills and muscles that I've been flexing for years that are really important to the overall health of like the group of people that I'm with. And so like it's it's okay to be strong in certain ways and weak in others. Totally. You're it's also totally fine to be super strong in those ways for a length of time, mm-hmm. one year, five years. And then to shift your skill set and suck at things for a little bit and then get strong at them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we get so caught up in being like, well, this is what I'm good at. So now I just, this is the one task I do. <laughs> and I always do this one task. And then you burn out and you're over it. And even though you're the best at it. And then you have a real crisis because you've identified yourself as only being good at that one thing. And then you have to find something. So you have to adapt and be willing to like learn a new skill or acknowledge that parts of you have fatigued but you could re- revive them one of my favorite books is by Aldous Huxley it's called Island and it's kind of his utopia he, re- he wrote Brave New World which was kind of his dystopia and then he wrote a utopian um, this beautiful island that's just like kind of a perfect society and one of the things I always remember is how on the island it doesn't matter what your specialty is you're always changing jobs every three years so even if you're a surgeon, like a brain surgeon, like when three years is up, you're going to go work out in the fields. I think that's actually... And I don't know that the farmers necessarily take over the surgery, but the point is like you're you're never doing one thing for too long. You always are then given an opportunity to be something different for a while. Mm-hmm. So it never does stagnate. Mm-hmm. Kayla told me the average um, teacher... Like, coming out of school, going into teaching lasts three years now. Whoa. Before they burn out and quit or... Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. To go to school for four or five years to get burnt out in three? Oh, man. Yeah. It is. I think that's really interesting that you would shift your career every three years. I think this goes back to what we were saying about, like, happiness and whether it's just, like knowing enough contrast or shifting enough to I'm also thinking my mom just gave me this book and it's like it's not based in reality at all but it's like um the people in the book can have anything they want absolute dream life dream house all the things and they only live there for a short period of time and then they they have like a corresponding family so maybe they live there for a year in this perfect life they have a corresponding family that lives in a prison and so then they have to switch spots for a year. So they live in a prison with nothing for a year, and then they live in the dream house for in for a year or whatever with the dream life. And, and does it happen that one gets one first and the other gets the other one first, and then they switch? So it's luck of the draw whether you get prison or house first. Or I don't do people know. I go got from... that far into it. Interesting. But I, was, my mom and I were discussing that perhaps you would only enjoy the dream life if you knew the contrast of the prison life. Yeah. But is that, I mean, it sounds almost just like a playoff of the Huxley's book. Because 
I mean, I mean it's, it's the same striking that chord kind right? of that same vibe where it's like I mean and everything we've been talking about tonight is that like maybe the worst thing that can happen is that you just try to keep everything the same forever <laughs> yeah right because you think everyone thinks they want that for comfortability and for like being in control and knowing what you know, like everyone wants to know, act like they know how to do everything and they're comfortable and it's fine. But it's that moment that parts of your brain go to sleep and muscles become fatigued and then you become bored and then mm -hmm. you become unhappy and then you yeah. lose track of yourself. And if you condition yourself that much, like you don't even really need to participate anymore because there's nothing new for the like you that you identify with to do anything. It's all like patterned behavior so then the thing that everyone is most averse to which is like change or challenge or like the newness or whatever is actually the most vital life source like it refreshes mm -hmm. everything keeps all your muscles working and keeps you most cognitive and keeps you I always default back to happy? it might but it doesn't have to right right and I just have this aversion, I don't know why, to, I think it's kind of a culturated thing that, you know, on YouTube, there's all these videos that I've seen of people like, YOLO, get out there, travel the world in, you know, Patagonian booties, and you will be happier. And if you're sitting there in your office and you're watching this, you're like, God damn it, I'm missing out. But for a lot of those people that are sitting in the office, like, they're there so their kids can, you know, right. have a house and of friends and all this other stuff that they might be suffering in the office but they might be contributing to you know happiness or experience of someone else and not everyone can just run out the door you also can't be trekking in patagonia for 10 years like yeah. you have to at some point switch that too and i feel like i have not necessarily trekked in patagonia but i've been out there mm -hmm. and now i'm back and so i know what I'm missing and I also know that in those moments it's like Chris McCandless right like he went out there to the ends of the wild and just realized how much he missed his peeps and he had his peeps I mean he had to go out there that far to realize that mm -hmm. but once you've kind of gone out that far and come back it's funny I feel I feel good. I also feel twisted in a few knots that are just kind of funny to pick at because it always comes back, at least for me, to this feeling that, this is going to sound weird, but it's a feeling that like choice is kind of an illusion and that we are only ever acting, you know, we're doing things and that is different than a choice because to me a choice is like this thing that we have in our head of like a fork in the road I'm either going to go to Patagonia or I'm going to go to work tomorrow and so like that's this like double thing that if I do one that other one is there as the missed possibility versus just like waking up and doing the thing that's yours to do and not carrying with you all of these imagined forks that you could be on and just like this is it's not all these like choices these branches it's this one thing that I am and I'm doing and yeah, there's a lot of variance and there's different things that are happening moment to moment, but it's not about like choosing to act. I don't know. It's not about 
<laughs> Does that make any sense? I can't I can't put the cap on it, but it's not this or this, but it's like you're the common element and then you are in a flow, like you bump. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah, and it, and it only makes you crazy to think that you're like in this sea of choices and it's about making the right choices. And some of these choices are big choices like quitting your job or like going someplace completely radical and you can do that. Like you can act in that way. Mhm. Mm but you're still just on this one solid line that is you and your actions in life. Also, one feels super rigid to me. It's like this or this, and, it, and then there's like a stress that becomes totally. like it feels tight. Whereas like if you kind of like sit back and just be with what is, and it's mm -hmm. kind of flowy, it feels loose and more relaxed. And it's like you have to kind of sit with the not knowing. Like, totally. I don't really know what's going to happen today, and I'm not going to this or this. I'm just going to kind of like... Totally. And so then if at the end of the day I have a ticket to Patagonia, like... Sweet. That's how it went down. And maybe there was intention or like a gravity or something. Like that's... That is definitely there. Mm -hmm. But I always have this like real aversion to mindsets that are about like making good choices all the time. Because then mm -hmm. it just puts you in this constant like panic about how you're acting and the things that you didn't do that maybe you should have mm -hmm. and I really yeah I don't think um, it's, a, it's a weird thing because in this culture we make a huge emphasis about like you are the sum of your choices and you yeah. can choose the side of good I mean I've seen so many superhero movies and things like that that are all about like mm -hmm. and the bible is even about that you know like you have a choice and you can you know well, even to circle back to, like, happiness, as far as, like, or, like, if you're going to define that, there was a period of time there where I got really caught up being, like, I need to, like, take control and make decisions that, like, formulate happiness. But then sometimes if I just downshift and relax into what is, I realize that this is it. Mm-hmm. That it's not like, well, I need to make this fucking decision and then, like, lead my life in a way. But when I just sit with what is and, I, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is it. And then it's like you can almost look at something and see that it's beautiful when you couldn't before. that's the big secret that's hiding in all of these activities or meditations because when you actually get it you see how it all mm -hmm. has to fit together mm -hmm. and that it's really just you're like oh it's like this now <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of feels like a full circle sure does I kind of feel like I'm going to sleep better or something. I think so. I have a bunch of crazy days ahead of me, but I think I'm going to be okay tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and not clean the kitchen. Mm -mm. I'm going to drink some sleepy tea and Before PTFO. you walk in though, like take a deep breath and be like, do the, do the thing, downshift and, and backstep and be... Like, go to the relax. Like, I'm going to flow <laughs> with what walk. You know, I'm not going to be like, when I walk in, this or this. Like, you totally. know? One is still moving. Oh, I was like, those bitches look dead. 
That's fucking weird. This is a weird thing. That one might be dead. I'm gonna be like, remember that? One was lucky. Night when one we were in the car, and one was lucky, and one was. Well, not. which is the lucky one? The one that died before it got fed to the snake, well, or the that's one that's a gonna whole be eaten alive? Other long chat. Right. Well, thanks for not eating. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who needs dinner? I think that was really good. I love chatting with you. Mm -hmm. And I, I love recording stuff. I don't know why. It's just like when I go back and listen to like an old conversation, it's like keeping something that is so fluid. Because mm -hmm. I have great conversations all the time and I really like, I wish I could get more in the habit of recording when Kayla and I stay up late and it's just like, you know, pillow talk. Mm -hmm. But we've had such amazing conversations and I, I wish I could like keep them. Yeah. Yeah, you need like a stealthy way of doing that too because well it's weird as soon as you start recording it's everyone like, shifts a little yeah i call but, it the third year but if you talk long enough then mm -hmm. it's like it all that's why if you could do it turn it on without anyone really knowing mm -hmm. but or you know i think if we do it often enough then it feels less if you're just like oh we're just gonna have a chat and that's kind of what i said to myself when we were in the yoga room i was like we're just Mm -hmm. I'm gonna chat so don't make it 